0: And does anybody have family coming in this week? Amen, I'm praying for you. <laughs> it's going to be good, but it's also a challenge. Somebody say amen. amen. It is, it's a challenge. We all think that the people coming in are the challenge, but what's funny is you're probably the challenge. Uh, and I think if we can recognize that, it makes things go a little bit easier, a little bit better. Maybe you have a little bit more mercy, um, but it's a great time. Family is a great time because you get a chance to, catch back up. You get a chance to make things right. Um, you get a chance to let the Lord show you or are you harboring some unforgiveness, and really that is a great opportunity to be able to get free of whatever it is that you're holding. It may not be fun, but I'm telling you the benefit that that's really one of the gifts that we got from Christmas is this gift of forgiveness, is that Jesus came to forgive us of our sin, to make us right with God again. That rhymed. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to rhyme, but um. What a gift. And it's so, I, I, please forgive me, it's so cliche for me just to talk about how Jesus is the reason for the season. But I get to go to bed at night with hope for tomorrow because of Jesus Christ. And I have a hope that doesn't fail. Now, I may go to bed and be hurting. I may go to bed and not know how it's going to work out. But there is hope in my heart because I have Jesus Christ in my heart and hope that tomorrow is going to be better. And I want you to know that the world does not have that. And that song about go tell it on the mountain, people need to hear about that hope. People aren't interested in hearing about religion. They're not interested in hearing about rules. They're interested in hearing about hope. And that's what we have. We have hope. I want to scale back from from the last time I preached, which was from Hebrews chapter 2, and it was talking about how we drift away. And I'm going to tie this back into Christmas a little bit. This really isn't a Christmas message, but how Hebrews chapter 2 talked about how we can drift away if we neglect the message that we've been given. And how easy it is at Christmas time to drift away from what the purpose of Christmas is. It's still fun to give gifts. It's still fun to get together as a family, but we do not need to drift away from what the purpose of Christmas is. It's not about presents. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about Black Friday and all the nonsense that goes out on out in the world. It is about the gift that God the Father gave us through his son Jesus. And how if we neglect or fail to care for properly, we will drift off from where God is trying to take us. Drift off. It is supernatural to stay needy and aware and humble and teachable. And when things are good, we lean on God less. And it's not until we're racing out of control that we even think about grasping and grappling again to God and to His Word. So I want to encourage you, don't drift off. Draw closer. Right now, Hebrews chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn there. I'm going to be reading from the message. Hebrews chapter 3. And like uh, Liz Taylor said to her fourth husband, I'm not going to keep you long. The intention today is to be brief and to get you home and get you cooking and enjoying. It is Christmas Eve, and you can see we've got a lot of people traveling. So thankful for you being here. Tonight at 8 o'clock, we're going to have a candlelight service. It's one of the sweetest services that we have. It will also be very brief. Um, More Christmas carols tonight, lighting of a candle, lighting our candles, um, and taking communion together uh, one last time for the year. So please come out 8 o'clock tonight. Hebrews chapter 3. So my dear, my dear Christian friends, companions in following this call to the heights, take a good hard look at Jesus. It's good to just not just to stop there. Take a good hard look at Jesus. He is talking to the church, he is talking to Christians. Church on the hill, take a good hard look at Jesus. He is the centerpiece of everything we believe, faithful in everything God gave him to do. So catch that, he is the centerpiece of everything we believe. Now, I'm not adding to Scripture, but I want you to consider adding a word to that. He is the centerpiece of everything we should believe. To assume that you do believe may not be accurate. You may come to church, you may have walked an aisle all your life, but Genuine belief hasn't really taken root in you. That again is what he's saying, dear Christian friends. Take a good, hard look at Jesus. Why? Because we have a tendency of drifting our look away. Right? Next verse. Moses was also faithful, but Jesus gets far more honor. A builder is more valuable than a building any day. Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. Moses did a good job in God's house. Next verse. But it was all servant work, getting things ready for what was to come. Christ as son is in charge of the house. Now I can feel the Holy Spirit just leading right now as we're reading this. It says, Moses was also faithful, but Jesus gets far more honor. The builder is more valuable than a building any day. I see it so many times that the church gets more credit than God. That what we're doing in the church is more important than your personal relationship to the Lord. And if you will reverse those and get your relationship with God right, church will look different. Why? Because you will be different. And because we will get lined up according to kingdom. God first, then church. Church. God first, then family. God first. The family gets out of order. Why? Because we've gotten out of order with God. You're trying to be a great husband. You're trying to be a great wife, but you've got God out of the order. You can't do it. Get God first. Everything else will start to line up. If the church is out of order, man is out of order with God. Can you hear this? He's saying, the builder is far more valuable than the building any day. Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. Moses did a good job in God's house, but it was all servant work, getting things ready for what was to come. Christ as son is in charge of the house. I find that so interesting. In my my body right here, God is the builder of my body, right? Right? He is the creator. He, who you are, is because of God. Not anyone else. Yeah, your parents were in the picture, but it took God. God is your builder. I have the spirit of God inside me. He is in charge of my building. Where do I fall? Where do I fall? I'm kind of down on, the, down on the totem pole here. God's in charge. God, I'm sorry. God created me. Christ is in charge. I should be a servant within these walls. I should follow what Christ is calling me to do. He is the one that has things all in control. God is the builder. Christ as the son is in charge of the house. How can Christ be the head of the church? Only if he is the head of you. Only if he is the head of you. If we do not get the personal part right, the church will not be right. Do you follow me? Jesus should be the centerpiece of you and your belief. If we're not being guided by the builder... If we're not being guided by the one who is in charge of the house, then I want to ask you a question. What is being built and by who? What is being built and by who? If it's not Jesus, then who is it? Verse 6. Now, if we can only, if we can only keep a firm grip on this book, bu- If we can only keep a firm grip on this bold confidence, we're the house. That's why the Holy Spirit says, today, please listen, do not turn a deaf ear as in this bitter uprising. That time of of wilderness testing, even though they watched me at work for 40 years, your ancestors refused to let me do it my way. Over and over they tried my patience and I was provoked. Oh, so provoked. I said, they'll never keep their minds on God. They refuse to walk down my road. Exasperated, I vowed they'll never get where they're going. Never be able to sit down and rest. What, one thing that I've recognized as I've been studying Hebrews is one thing keeps being said. It keeps being said, don't turn a deaf ear. Don't turn a deaf ear. What can we do? We can turn completely from what's being said. We can turn completely from what the Spirit inside of us is telling us. Don't turn a deaf ear. I want you to consider this. Continue to return to the blueprints of your life. God the Creator has laid out for us the blueprints of where we are to go. Jesus is in charge of the building It is his word, it is his spirit that should be guiding our decisions, that should be guiding our thoughts, that when an evil thought or a negative thought or a self-loathing thought comes in, because they're going to come in, they are immediately warred against by his word and by his spirit. Can you see your victory being in the balance of you having his word and his spirit in you? Because if you don't, the Word and His Spirit is not in charge of you. Something else is. Church, are you with me? I know this is heavy, but this is, this is vital. This is life. And this is life more abundant. Abundant. Your thoughts are tanking you. And that is no way to live. And the only way to change that is by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. I have the same Spirit in me that raised Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago. The same Spirit within me. Do you not think the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead can handle my negative thoughts? He can. Don't turn a deaf ear. It talks about wilderness testing. Do you remember when the children of Israel were taken into the wilderness, were delivered from slavery, and all of a sudden they wound up in the wilderness? And they immediately started to waver. Why would you bring us out here? Because there weren't enough graves in Egypt? Did you just bring us out, all out here to die? While God was providing the sun, and the cloud, and the food, and the water, and their shoes didn't wear out, their clothes didn't wear out, what did they need? They didn't have a need. God was providing. Jesus went into the wilderness, and here comes Satan. And Satan used the word of God. He just twisted it. And what? how did Jesus respond? Jesus responded with the word of God. We are going to be facing challenges within the wilderness. But we must daily return to the blueprint of the creator, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us through that blueprint, God has given us. Can you imagine trying to build a house without blueprints? People, people sometimes try to fudge and miss some, miss some parts, and that's what we do here. We know a little bit of it, but we don't know it. We need to get this thing out, lay it out, and start to look at where we're supposed to go because God's given us direction. I want you to know I find it so amazing that when I engage in God's Word, His Word comes to life in me. And I supernaturally begin to decide correctly. Because in my own nature, I don't always think this way. I will think negatively. I will think worldly. I will think according to my flesh. I will think according to a sin nature but when I begin to get in the word and to pray and to allow the Holy Spirit to have my life, my decisions change. It says in verse 12, so watch your step. Make sure there's no, un, no evil belief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God. For as long as it's still God's today, for as long as today is still God's, I'll re- kind of word that, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing that we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. How did it start off? Watch your step. Watch your step. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around in your thoughts. If there are, submit it to God. Can I ask you a real question? Don't raise your hand. This is this isn't really hypothetical. I just don't want you to embarrass yourself. Anybody here have negative thoughts about yourself? Take that to God. Don't wait. That thought will take you to the grave. You need to learn what God thinks about you. You need to learn what God's plan is for you. Just the fact that you learn that God is thinking about you will change your outlook. We read this morning how God is thinking of us. He is thinking about us. He's thinking about me. He's got a great plan for me. But I have a a part to play in that I've got to turn my ear to Him. That I've got to not lose grip. That I've got to hold on. That I've got to let the Holy Spirit guide me. The Holy Spirit does not take over my life and make my decisions for me. I make my decisions. Church, there is a better life for you than what you're walking. There's hope. If you will grab hold of Jesus and don't let go. Grab hold of his word and his truth and his body. Daily checking the blueprint, the measurements, the details of your thoughts and your decisions. God will lead you and guide you if you will just seek him. If you will watch your step and turn your ear and keep a firm grip and don't drift. These are all things that we control. Verse 15. I didn't keep up with you, did I? Verse 15. For who were these people who turned a deaf ear? Weren't they the very ones Moses led out of Egypt? And who was, and who was God who provoked with for 40 years? Wasn't it those who turned a deaf ear and ended up uh, corpses in the wilderness? And he swore, and when he swore that they'd never reach where they were going, wasn't he talking about the ones who turned a deaf ear? They never got there because they never listened and they never believed. You, you're, the plan of God is not for you to die in the wilderness. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what you've done. The plan of God for you is for, to not die in the wilderness, but to genuinely be rescued, to be restored, to have your feet set upon a solid rock that will not shake, for you to be the head and not the tail, for you to be above and not beneath. For the things that you do to be blessed. That is the plan of God for you. But until you allow the one who is in charge of the house to really be in charge, you are not going to see that. We see that here, that they will not see their destination. Surrender to Christ. Learn his word. And follow him. There is a great plan for you. And that is the meaning of Christmas. Jesus, God the Father, sent his son to restore man back to God. There is no other way to God the Father except through Jesus Christ. And you can't fake it by going to church. It has to be Between you and God, you want to see the nation restored. You want to see the church restored. You want to see families restored. Restore your personal relationship to Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. Pete, will you come up and play? Stay anchored in Christ. Those who place their focus off of Christ end up as corpses in the wilderness. And they wind up there because they don't listen and they don't believe. Church on the Hill, this is your choice. This is your choice. Christ does not choose it for you. You must choose him. Will you all stand up with me? I don't care to just bow your heads. I want to pray for you. And before I do that, I just want to ask you, have you genuinely given your heart to Jesus? I can tell you I walked an aisle when I was five five years old. My heart was right. I wanted to do it, but I don't know that I really gave Jesus my heart. It was until I was later. I really believe I was saved at five years old, but I continually took my heart back and had to just kind of regularly give my heart back to Jesus. You may be here today and have never made that first-time decision. In just a moment, I'm just going to ask you to come forward and let us pray for you. With those that are praying, come on down. Maybe you've taken your heart back. I want to encourage you to let him have it back. Say it out of your own mouth, Lord Jesus, I took my heart back and I give it back to you. You have not been the Lord of my life, but today, Christmas Eve, 2017, you are Lord of my life. Church on the Hill, let's don't play games. Give your heart to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the father except through him father God I just pray this morning that we would turn our hearts to you I just give thanks to you today for sending your son Jesus this day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus the, the eve before the birth of Jesus and that you sent your son to become fully human to experience life just like we experience it to walk through the challenges that we would walk through, that you overcome every challenge that we as a human could ever walk through. But that, Jesus, you died on a cross, sin-free, to overcome death and to give us the power over sin. Sin no longer has a stronghold over our life because I have the Spirit of Jesus inside me who never sinned and you have given us the power over death that even though these fleshly lives will die, we will live eternally with you. And that is the hope that I have in Christ Jesus. If you're here this morning and need to make that first-time decision, I just encourage you just to come down here to the altar and let us pray for you. If you have a prayer need this morning of any, of any kind, we want to pray for you this morning. I'm just so thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus. Just open up the altars right now. In Jesus' name, amen.